0: Verses 13 through 21. Hear these words. When Jesus heard about John, he withdrew to a boat to a deserted place by himself. And when the crowds learned this, they followed him on foot from the cities. When Jesus arrived and saw a large crowd, he had compassion for them and healed those who were sick. That evening, his disciples came and said to him, This is an isolated place, and it is getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said to them, there's no need to send them away. You give them something to eat. They replied, we have nothing here except five loaves of bread and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. He ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass and he took the five loaves of bread and the two fish. He looked up to heaven. He blessed them. He blessed them and broke them and he gave them to his disciples. And then the disciples gave them to the crowds, and everyone ate until they were full, and they filled 12 baskets with the leftovers. About 5,000 men plus women and children had eaten that day. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I started playing the, the double bass or the string bass in, in fifth grade um, when, I was, when I was growing up. Uh, it's similar to the guitar, and so it helped me learn the guitar in college, but, uh, but I was going from fourth to fifth, and in College Station at that time, fifth was middle school. They had, like, K through fourth was elementary, and then fifth and sixth was middle school, and then seventh and eighth was junior. It was just a weird system, those Aggies, I don't know what they're doing, but... But I wanted, to go, I wanted to be in orchestra because I didn't want to be in choir because I heard bad things about the choir. Um, and I, I picked an instrument. I picked the bass because it was big and it looked cool. But my parents made a great deal with me. They said, oh, Wilson, you can do this and we'll support you, but you have to carry it. We will never carry it for you. And they fulfilled their part of the bargain. They never carried it. Um, but it was, it was just a quarter size. It wasn't too too bad. But um, but I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed playing. Um, what didn't take it super seriously, but it was it was a fun thing to do. And then as I as I got older and in high school, I, I played a little more. Um, and but it was it was just an enjoyable thing. I liked being in the orchestra. I liked playing with my friends. It was in college when I really got serious. Uh, went to UT. I was an economics major. But I, I brought my bass with me and I started uh, taking lessons from the, the bass instructor and got, got really serious. And they have this amazing thing at UT and a lot of schools called practice rooms. That it's just a room you can go in and practice. And people don't bother you. Nobody comes in, um, nothing, nothing happens. And I would, I would go there and I would often take my bass from Jester, um, I would walk it if I missed the bus all the way to the music school. And which was a fun little jaunt in the morning, um, and then and then I would play and I would play, and I got to a point, my my first year, where some days I would go to the practice room, and I would be I would be doing my routine, and I would I would forget to eat. <laughs> I would I would be there for three or four hours, and I'd be like, oh, the lunch cafeteria closed. I guess that's that's unfortunate. Um, I'm, I'm starving. I didn't realize I was starving. I was so stuck in the moment. I was caught up in, in that spirit. I was caught up in that place that I forgot about my, my physical needs. I forgot about the other things I had to do that day. I was just there in the music. I felt like I was, I was focusing on something that really mattered and everything else was not as important. My friends, we are continuing our series on songs of the Bible on looking through the scriptures with a lens of music, Um, that there are explicit songs in the Bible, especially in the book of Psalms, but all of scripture can be turned into song because God's love for us is so great that we cannot help but sing. I'm playing these these children's songs and using them as a lens to look through the scripture because if you can explain the Bible to a a three-year-old, hopefully you can explain it to a 30-year-old. It's sometimes a lot easier to talk to 30-year-olds than three-year-olds. They have The attention span is a little different, but I don't know, 30-year-olds are kind of sketchy nowadays anyway, but that's a separate point. Today we're looking at uh, how many people did Jesus feed? We're looking at the miracles of feeding the 5,000. Or the 4,000, it's one of the more famous miracles that Jesus does. It's in all four of the Gospels, which is pretty rare. Um, it's kind of, there's a cultural awareness of this one compared to others. The birth of Jesus is not found in all four Gospels. Um, most of the parables are not found in all four Gospels. But the feeding of the 5,000 is. It's, it's found in a, in a similar way in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then different in John, which we'll get to in a little bit. But um, what is often spoken of with this miracle is like, wow, it's awesome, look how miraculous Jesus is. Look at how he feeds everybody, It's it's how amazing he is. It's a miracle to point to the power of God, to look at the power of God, which is great and true and a wonderful message that we should all take. But there's another aspect to it that's obvious when you think about it, but it was rarely discussed. And the issue is, why are the people hungry? (laughs) Why are the people hungry? Because there wasn't a big advertisement campaign for the disciples to say, come get a free meal and hear Jesus. There wasn't a bait and switch going on that we often do in churches and other organizations of like, we just need to get the people there. What's the, what's the hook to get them there? That's not what was going on. Why were the people hungry? They'd come to hear Jesus, and they didn't know, long, how, know how long he was going to talk. They were trying to find him. This, this part of the gospel takes place around the Sea of Galilee. Um, which is a really big lake. It's, it's bigger. It's basically if Lake Travis was like shrunk down and was a circle. And it's like a, a similar surface area, just like really peaceful. But so you look apart and there's mountains and desert all around. And so if Jesus is going on a boat to get to the other side, it's going to take a long time to walk over there. It's a tiring walk. But the people were trying to hear him. The people were trying to hear him. They weren't thinking about food. They weren't thinking about how long he was going to talk. They weren't thinking about meal times. They were focused on the word of God. Now, the word of God is a, is a phrase that Christians use in a specific way that doesn't make sense outside of the church. When you use word of God in a secular setting, it can be pretty confusing. What, what word are you talking about? God uses one word. That's it. Um, there's other ways of doing it. It comes from a Greek phrase, ha logos Theo, which as well is a, is a tricky thing because logos means a lot more than words. Um, logic is the root, uh, comes from logos. The reason of God, the logic of God, the why of God, all of these things could come out of that phrase. In French, um, it's often translated as la parole, which can mean word or also means speech. And so what's super powerful here is that we have the speech of God giving speech, This is the astonishing miracle. More than the food, the people have come to hear God speak to them. The Son of God, equal with the Father and the Holy Spirit, becoming human, taking on human flesh, and speaking with a human voice, a human voice like you all have, with a pitch and a timbre and and a sense and an orality of it, that, that voice and they walked around the Sea of Galilee to hear. And they didn't think about what they were going to eat. They didn't think about where they were going to do next. They were in a trance for the word of God. They were mesmerized by it. They were being fed by that word of God. In John's gospel, as opposed to in, in Matthew, uh, this miracle happens very early in Jesus' ministry. But it's connected to this great description that Jesus has of the bread of life, where he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. As well, the feeding miracles um, map onto the temptation narratives earlier in in the Gospels. And so if you remember from the the beginning of of Matthew and Luke, when Jesus is baptized in the Jordan River, immediately he goes into the desert and, and is fasts for 40 days and is tempted. And one of the temptations is, is the devil tells him, turn these, these stones into bread. And Jesus quoting scripture says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And here in this moment on the Sea of Galilee, we have the words coming from the mouth of God that are feeding people. Jesus makes that scripture come alive in that moment. There's a lot of people there's an amazing situation, and there's a logistical issue on the back end that the disciples notice. Like, Jesus, we got all these people. We're far from a town. There's no restaurants around. There's, no, there's nothing to do. We need to send them away. That's what I, I feel like I would do as <laughs> thinking through. It's like, we don't have the food for this. We can't be responsible for this. We didn't advertise this. We're not sharing Jesus swag to get them out. Like, we need to let them know it's getting late, guys. You should go. But an event had taken place, and their lives were transformed. Even more than the musical trance I felt in the practice room when I stopped counting how long I had been playing playing and ended up starving, each of them had a mountaintop experience with Jesus. They were hearing the word made flesh, speaking with a human voice, and their lives would never be the same again. They were not thinking about the food. They weren't thinking that Jesus was going to give them food. They weren't thinking, like, how many people can Jesus feed? Because Jesus fed people first, not with the fish and the bread, but with the word of God, with the logos of God, with the reason and the logic of God, with the purpose of God. They received their why in their life. As Paul says, all the promises of God are yes in Jesus Christ. The people were fed with his word, but they are still flesh and have human needs. And Jesus first met that important need of the God sized hole in their life. But Jesus did not ignore the other needs. Salvation in Christ is not just about a ticket to heaven or a lifeboat out of hell, it is a whole transformation. And it can begin at any moment. As as John the Baptist said, the kingdom of heaven is near. It's it's near. It's not not far away. It's not this thing that we kind of hope for in the future. It is right here. The people heard that Jesus that day and their minds were transformed by the word of God. This is the central aspect. Their minds were transformed. In Greek, the word for mind is, is nous. And this is how we understand reality. The mind is how we perceive what is going on, how we know that there's a bunch of crosses on the wall behind you is through our mind. And they came in contact with the noose of God, with the mind of God and Jesus Christ. And you cannot leave that encounter unchanged. So that was the first way they were fed. As Paul says in Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of their mind. Faith is not about leaving our minds at the door but understanding that reality is deeper than just the ways that empiricism's, empiricism says it is, or we could test it, or the way the world says it is. So their minds were changed. The way they perceived the world was changed by that encounter. Their souls were changed as well. In Greek, the soul, is the word is psyche, um, which comes from psychology. Psychology is really the study of souls. Um, hope, hopefully, sometimes it actually does that. But... Um, but the psyche is how you, how you desire things in this world, what you want and hope. And Jesus transformed that. They, he transformed their desires. Hunger is often a great metaphor for desire. And Jesus transformed so they were no longer hungry for what made their body feel better. They were hungry for the word of God. Our desires are our hungers. or what they long for. But oftentimes our desires are malformed. We don't desire what is good for us in this world. As Paul says in Romans 7, I I do the things I don't want to do, and I don't do the things I want to do. That speaks to a lot of us a lot of the time, where we have the best laid plans at the beginning of the day or the beginning of the week or the beginning of the summer. And we're like, we're going to do all these things together. We're going to grow as a family. We're going to do these things. And then it's like, wow, school's starting in three weeks. What are we going to do? But Jesus transforms those desires as well. So these people in the audience had their minds transformed. They had their souls transformed. But Jesus does not leave them there. And the scale of it is super powerful. The scale of it is gets to the song that I wrote about how many people did Jesus feed. Was it was it ten? Was it twenty? That's a reasonable thing to do. You might be able to stretch out two fish to twenty people. It's like small portion size yet portion control. If you make it like a super expensive meal, you could really do it because the portions are so small. Um, but, but then it's like 30. No, that's a lot more. That's tricky. Two fish for 30 people, that's a meager fish fry. And then it gets more and more and more. And yet somehow, through the power of God, this takes place. Children usually like this song because of the gradations of numbers. But then eventually when we get to 5,000, 5,000 is not a hard count. Jesus wasn't, there wasn't a census of the people there that day to make sure, okay, you got fish and you didn't get fish, to make sure everybody was that. They didn't like, have a hard count, okay, we're done. You know, the, the baskets is important. There was leftovers. There was more than enough. Jesus included everybody that day. The transformation of Jesus includes all of us, all in their mind and their body and their soul. When we encounter Jesus, we are no longer the same. If we try to do the same things, Again, we realize we're stuck in the muck of our mistakes. If you encounter, if you have an encounter with Jesus realizing that the God who created everything, even you, loves you, forgives you, does not see those things that you did as a reason to be apart from you, desires to be with you, delights in you. When you have that encounter and you you stay in the same place, it's like, If you're on a boat and you're stuck in the middle of Lake Travis and someone comes up to help you and says, do you need gas? And you say, yes. And they say, here's some gas. You say, no, I'm good. And you're still there. And then another person comes and you're like, no, you have to, you realize you're stuck. You can take help. You, You are transformed by that experience. And that's what it's like when you encounter Jesus. You realize, wait a minute, I was stuck in my life. I was stuck or I was going this one direction. And now I see this whole new way open for me. That's what conversion means Um, in in Greek. It means changing direction. It's not not about this kind of like transformation, it's changing direction, it's going one way in your life, and then realize you can go another way. And that is open to you. But sometimes we like being stranded. We like the feeling of it. We like we like feeling like we're the victims in the situation. No thanks. I meant to run out of gas, you might say. Sometimes we like some of the vices that we become accustomed to. We think that's more a part of our identity than the love of God. We like desiring the things that we know hurt us. We like that little bit of pain we want to keep in control. But God's yes is greater than our no. And God will continue to pursue us. And when we encounter the risen Lord, we will be transformed. How many people did Jesus feed? 50, 500, 5,000, 5 million. There is room for you at the table of the Lord, my brothers and sisters. Come and see, love is here for you. You don't need to be left out. You don't need to feel on the sidelines. Jesus kept space at the table for you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.